0: Welcome back to Quick Bits. I'm talking about the week of October 16th to the 20th and everything I covered, including the media getting everything wrong about the Joe Jonas-Sophie Turner divorce dismissal, Joran Vandersloat finally admitting that he is responsible for the murder of Natalie Holloway. Corey Richens is back in court and we have a transcript of a wild phone call with her brother. The PPD arraignment in the murder of Tupac Shakur was a speed run unlike any other speed run, and Murda had a big win in court. We're going to break all of it down as quickly as possible. I'm legal analyst Emily D. Baker. This is The Quick Bits, where I break down just the main points of the pop culture and entertainment cases I'm currently covering on YouTube and The Emily Show podcast. Let's get into it. Starting with arguably the quickest of The Quick Bits, today is the D Arraignment. It literally lasted about 60 seconds. It will take me longer to tell you about it, but he was in court in Las Vegas to be arraigned for the murder of Tupac Shakur. It is a one-count indictment that came down from a grand jury, but it got put over for two weeks to allow him to finish hiring a private attorney. The court was very clear that this case needed to get moving and that if a private attorney had not been Retained and was appearing in two weeks, that a public defender would be appointed to the case and it would move forward. The judge was not having the delay and was very clear this case is moving forward immediately. And because it's an indictment, moving forward looks like getting ready for trial, setting those dates, making any motions that are needed. It's not going to be on a preliminary hearing calendar and then to a trial calendar because of that grand jury indictment on the Emily show podcast. I covered the updates in the eight passenger case, looking at the criminal case in particular with Jody Hildebrandt and Ruby Frankie and the fact that they had early on asked for an expedited bail review and then asked for that to be put over with no future date. And that is still the status of the criminal case. The custody case regarding the children of Ruby Frankie has been sealed from the public. So we won't be getting more information out of that case other than the next dates and anything that Kevin Frankie or his lawyers may say. But with that seal in place, it's unlikely we will learn anything about that. With regard to Kevin Frankie, I answered a lot of questions that you've had on the podcast about will he be charged? Could he be charged? What is going on with him? And then I also broke down the body cam footage of him asking about whether or not his oldest daughter, Sherry, would be charged with burglary for taking items out of the house after a search warrant was served there. It's illuminating footage, especially since his lawyer said, no, that's not what he wanted at all. You're going to have to evaluate what you think of that for yourself. Let me know in the comments. Murdoch had a big win in court with regard to his motion for new trial. This is around the murder convictions. They had filed a notice of appeal. That appeal is still pending, waiting for the transcripts from the court reporter when the defense made that motion, alleging that the clerk of court tampered with the jury. After that motion, the prosecution responded to it, saying, we might just need to have a hearing, and that's exactly what the appellate court has granted It is sent the case back down to the trial court to Judge Newman to hear an evidentiary hearing and potential new trial motions for Alec Murdoch to determine if this alleged jury tampering did in fact happen. If it did, it's likely to result in a new trial being granted for Alec Murdoch on the two murder convictions and those convictions being overturned. So the appeal in that case is stayed or paused until the new trial motion is completed which doesn't really delay anything because they're still waiting on those trial transcripts for the appeal and if the new trial motion is granted no appeal will be necessary because the process will start all over again you might have seen quite a lot of headlines that joe jonas dismissed the divorce proceeding in florida with regard to his divorce with sophie turner only part of that divorce has been dismissed in Florida because the parties have been in mediation and resolved parenting issues. They resolved the custody matter. So that part out of Florida has been dismissed. We have not seen it dismissed in New York, which is where Sophie Turner filed for a determination of custody and where the children should be. We will probably see that in the weeks to come, and based on all the filings from the attorneys, it's very clear that these parties are still looking to go through mediation. The court has stayed or paused the divorce proceeding until January to allow the parties to continue to mediate to try to resolve this divorce, which I think is in everyone's best interest, especially because we know there's a prenuptial agreement here, and if the custody is determined already. There's not too much left to be done. And I think we will see this divorce be finalized in Florida by the end of this year, beginning of next year. Hopefully we won't see it playing out much more in the media and it will just resolve. And then this week, Joran Vandersloot was in federal court in Alabama regarding a wire fraud and extortion case that I have been covering on the podcast If you are familiar with that story, you will know that he has been charged with a 2010 wire fraud and extortion case where he was trying to get payment of $250,000 from Natalie Holloway's mother for information regarding her disappearance and where her remains were. That happened in 2010 because he was subsequently convicted of murder in Peru. He has been serving his sentence in Peru and was finally extradited to the United States to be tried for the extortion and wire fraud. He pled guilty to that. As part of the plea agreement, he provided detailed information on how and why Natalie Holloway was murdered and then what he did with her remains, stating that he dragged them into the ocean. Her mother in a press conference that I covered on Thursday stated that what she was looking for out of this plea deal was information that she believed what Vandersloat had to say about what happened to her daughter. And as far as she is concerned, this case is solved. And it is clear that Vandersloat is the one who murdered Natalie Holloway. He will be serving 20 years on this case concurrently or at the same time as the case in Peru. And remember, because of the laws in Aruba, He cannot be prosecuted there for the murder. So even though he admitted it in this case in federal court in the U.S., there was no remaining avenue for prosecution of that homicide. Aruba tried to prosecute him numerous times and was unable to do so. A big part of the problem is that Aruba has a 12-year statute of limitations for murder, and Natalie Holloway was murdered in 2005. I believe in live streams I had said 10 but it is a 12-year statute of limitations. And finally, just a reminder, don't go to people's homes. I don't know why we're talking about YouTubers showing up at people's doorsteps when they have internet beef. Again, we just talked about this with BitBoy Crypto, but we're talking about it again regarding SS Sniper Wolf and Jack's Films. I break down the backstory here, but Jack's Films has a channel that covers almost solely SS Sniper Wolf's content, giving criticism to that content for not crediting the creators that she is reacting to and for not making transformative content that he believes violates the boundaries and intentions of fair use. This escalated to the point that Sniper Wolf showed up outside of Jack's film's homes late in the evening and filmed it on Instagram stories for her Instagram audience of over 5 million. This situation has become the subject of much conversation on YouTube and other social media platforms, partly because YouTube had not responded. However, on Friday, YouTube did respond to Jack's Films on Twitter, a response that is not getting the result perhaps they were looking for. And taking a look at Twitter, Jack's Films had posted on October 13th. Sniper Wolf doxed me on her Instagram. Creepy, gross, violating. What you do is disgusting. You steal content and stalk YouTubers. At YouTube, demonetize this dangerous creator or just get her off your platform. She posted an IG story right outside our home and deleted it. And it shows a screenshot of Uh, sniper wolf putting up a poll on her instagram story saying should i go visit at jack films he lives five minutes away from my shoot youtube responded on october 20th saying quote confirming ss sniper wolf has received a temporary monetization suspension per creator responsibility policies off-platform actions that put other safety at risk harm our community and the behavior on both sides isn't what we want on youtube hoping everyone helps move this combo." to a better place the community notes on twitter have become quite a source for the community to have their say and this community note added on twitter which i still can't call x says sniper wolf violated youtube's harassment and cyberbullying policy by posting personal private information and then it links to a article it says jack's films has not violated any policy set for creators the ensuing outrage and attacks are a direct result of youtube's inaction regarding a large creator. Sniper Wolf also posted an apology on Twitter that has been community noted, saying, "Quote, let me start by saying I'm sorry for my recent actions. It is inexcusable. I'm sorry to Jack's Films, YouTube and the entire creator community and my incredible fans for not being a better example for appropriate conflict resolution. Jack's Films, while we certainly don't see eye to eye and have our differences, I am sorry for reacting the way I did when I should have taken the opportunity" to show young creators how adults and professionals resolve conflict by communicating directly, respectfully, and privately. Yeah, offline, in private, not at their doorstep. It goes on to say, not for views or content, but a meaningful example of how conflict should be solved. I will reach out directly and hope we can find some time to connect and communicate respectfully. I'd also like to thank YouTube for holding me accountable. I deserve it. Respect the decision and appreciate the opportunity to learn and grow from a true lapse in judgment. The community note on this post says, For additional context, recently Sniperwolf doxed fellow YouTuber Jacks Films for criticism about her reactions videos. YouTube has only recently taken action by demonetizing her videos and then linking to several news articles. This conversation is not done Doxing is never okay. Showing up at people's homes is dangerous and is never okay. The conversation about fair use reaction content on YouTube and other platforms is an ongoing conversation that absolutely needs to happen. Where are the boundaries of fair use? Often these things are decided by courts, and it's something I have been and will be talking about more in longer form content if you are interested. In discussing fair use and reacts content. So we will see where YouTube goes from here, but it's definitely raised a few eyebrows and always cries of favoritism when it comes to a creator with over 30 million subscribers whose off platform conduct violates their rules, which also cover off platform conduct. So we will see. A good rule of thumb don't go to people's homes, it's dangerous. It's intimidating. Oh, and in my opinion, it probably violates California Penal Code 653.2, which makes it, you know, a misdemeanor to electronically make available or publish the personal identifying information of another for the purpose of causing imminent unwanted physical contact, injury, or harassment. Let me know your thoughts on all the stories that we covered today down below. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a nerd. These are the quick bits and I will see you in the next one. You can stay up to date with everything I'm covering on our free iOS and Android app at lawnerdapp.com or search your app store for Nerd, and you can also follow me on social media at the Emily D Baker. Remember I stream on YouTube on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I recap all of that for you in quick bits on Monday and of course the Emily show drops on Wednesdays. Thanks for being a Nerd.